0: Welcome to Third Tuesday Conversation, a monthly podcast that focuses on the ministry of faith formation with children, youth, and families in ELCA congregations. Our goal is to engage in conversations that strengthen and empower your ministry world. This podcast is produced by the ELCA Youth Ministry Network. I'm Elizabeth Patterson. I'm Danica Olson.
1: And I am Adam Butler. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Tuesday Conversation. It's good to be back with you all. And, uh, Particularly good to be back with the both of you. How are you, Elizabeth, Danica?
0: Doing all right. What is it? It's (laughs) September 7th and Sunday is coming.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the long-anticipated, well-planned-for, much-energy-given-to-kick-off Rally Sunday is on its way. By the, by the time you hear this, it'll be long gone, and we'll be on to to new things, but that's <laughs> when the recording is happening. and,
2: uh, it's a particularly big week in the three of our lives we each are sending a kindergartner have sent or are sending a kindergartner. So yes, good job. You made it. I want <sighs> oh, to I, I
0: do a victory lap to be honest. <laughs> you made it <laughs>
1: it's uh, she's it's in a school. Lot. It's It's a lot. It's good. Are we trying to shed our first tears uh, on the uh, third Tuesday (laughs) conversation? Because I'm close. Were
2: you emotional? (laughs) Yeah, I was.
1: Yeah. It's my baby girl. I
2: I
0: cried just uh, for a second in the car. I decided to play a pump up song while we drove to school. (laughs) One of her favorite songs. And then I put the song on and like look back at her. And then I was like, oh, God, crying (laughs) on the way to school. And
1: then I was fine. It's this new, it's like everything's so new and like mysterious, right? Cause you'd like drop them off and you don't really know what happens all day long, but you're also kind of in this new mode of getting like a million emails about things that are happening and all like, and then you sit in these long pickup lines and it's a, it's a whole new world, mm-hmm.
0: a whole
1: mm-hmm. new world and
0: pick up line life. Yeah. <laughs> that was maybe real but- yesterday. Is
1: that <laughs> what what's be real? Are you serious?
0: Oh, Adam. oh we're going to talk about technology today. And no, I'm you just kidding.
1: I'm <laughs> kidding. I, I know what it is. I don't have it, but I know what it is. Oh, I was good. in uh, just just a side note. I was in uh, for the we are minnesotans for those of you who are minnesotans you know the minnesota state fair i was in line for this new food at the state fair this year that was super popular and it was a really long line these peachy's donuts that were just awesome these handcrafted amish style donuts they were just they were oh, awesome yeah. i got many of them over the course of a couple of weeks but i was in line when be real hit does be real hit for everyone at the same time is that right yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so i was in line when "Be Real" hit, and so the girls in front of me w- took out their deal and did the like the selfie and the 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 picture of the line, and then I noticed that it was happening. So I looked around me, and I was and it was just like everyone had stopped and was doing this "Be Real" thing, and I was like, "That's I so cool." Like, I felt like in a simulation, but I just happened to be in this like stationary part in this really long line, and so there was multiple people in line doing it, and then like. And Then I looked around like down the street, and everyone was stopping taking selfies. It was like,
2: like a flash mob, but
1: I know it totally so cool. it was like, pausing. Yeah, what is going on? I don't have many of those experiences. I'm sure that's what it's like to do be real in school all the time. And but I had right. never had one of those moments, so how that's fun awesome. for you. There it was. Yep. Yeah. Um I was. so uh yes, Elizabeth, you mentioned that we're gonna talk a little bit about technology today, and uh Surprise to all of you listeners. This is not actually us. We, this is an AI generated (laughs) conversation today. And so, uh, your, uh, third Tuesday conversation along with all of the ums and the uhs and the pauses. No,
0: I take those. I take all those out.
1: We told Yeah, that's right. You do. (laughs) It really does. (laughs) Yeah. Um, specifically me, (laughs) this is artificial intelligence, uh, generating this conversation today, uh, kidding. It's really us, but we're going to talk about artificial intelligence and what AI means in church. Uh, we are certainly not experts, but uh, part of the joy of Third Tuesday conversation, we hope at least, is that we uh, wrestle with each other so that you all might wrestle with these conversations because they are happening. We know uh, we're certainly not on the front end of of this, um, but thought it might be worth a little bit of the, of. Of conversation around what AI looks like in uh, our churches and how we use it, some of the benefits, some of the the uh, drawbacks or at least the um, things to be aware of, because it's as with anything, when something takes hold in the world, the church can't ignore it. Uh, I know that a lot of times it does its best to ignore it,
2: uh, but At it, least,
1: <laughs> yeah, or to say that we're above it or um, something like that. But in the case of AI, uh, it's pervasive and it's come, it's it's in everything that we're doing now. And uh, wondering what it might, what that might look like in churches. I mean, if you go on Google or Bing and you do a search now, you're getting this like prompt on the bottom that says use AI to search. Uh, My email apps are saying use AI to clean up your inbox or to read your emails for you or uh, to help you write emails back. And I'm not doing any of that because it costs money uh, in most of the the deals, but like, I'm also not doing it because I don't really know what it means. (laughs) Like what, what, uh, why, why do I need AI to do this. So, uh, I guess the first question is for the three of us, like, how are you using AI in your life? Have have you used it? Or are you just completely not using it? Um, what, what ways has it entered into your everyday life? Not necessarily ministry wise, but, uh, maybe that too.
0: Well, I guess, well, I don't, I'm not really using, I don't know how to use it, but here's <laughs> I don't know how I Googled uh, today. I Googled chat GPT today and, and like brought up the page. It was my first time ever doing that. And probably shouldn't admit that maybe. And it said sign in and I was like, ah, oh, nope, X.
2: <laughs> so, but anyway, <laughs> last.
0: <laughs> that's so sign funny.
2: In, no that thanks. is like totally my experience too. I am, I have some curiosity about it. Like how could it help, help me work smarter? Sure. But I don't want to log into anything. No. And so I, I'm like afraid of like what will it know about me? Which I'm like
1: uh, it the knows internet everything already.
2: Knows everything about me anyway. Yeah. And it's very uninteresting, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah. like I am too afraid of like what rabbit holes it will send me down. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I'd be curious to know what you think, Adam, because I I have some curiosity. I think It could be of benefit in particular areas. I do think it's a slippery slope and it's something that makes me kind of nervous about like what's the line and what's ethical and, you know, some of those kinds of things. But also like, could it help me not have to come up with a social media calendar for the month? Like, that'd be cool. Yeah. And I mean, this is maybe as we're going to go, but like AI is not theologically trained. (laughs) So, I mean, or is it? That's, oh, like, but is it? Say? I mean, maybe. I don't know.
1: Okay. so you like, just say
0: from an ELCA Lutheran lens, write me this. Can you say that? And then we'll like Google everything yeah. about ELC or like look up.
1: It's not going to Google everything. It just knows. No, I know. That's already. not what I meant. I used the wrong but, yeah. word. <laughs> no, I know.
0: <laughs> it's going to know everything.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I have used it uh, a little bit. I certainly am not like the most frequent Serious. user of it. But I have used it a few times just to see what just to see what happens, Um, because I did talk to can I can I drop names on this? Is that is that okay Like I did talk to our our, uh, ministry colleague and friend Derek Tronsgaard one time about using AI (laughs) Um, and he would know. And he he does know, and it's and it was a really it was really fun to hear how he used used it. And so i I have tried it in in some of those ways.
2: How did he um, use it? I want to know.
1: Well, so he was talking about writing a prayer for worship, and like typed in, "Hey, I need a, I need a prayer for this day using this text and from this lens. And here are the themes of this. And so he typed that in it, and it wrote a prayer for him. And then he, you know, you can you can follow it up by saying um, like using more specific things, right? So that you can say, can you write one without this word in it? Or you, can you uh, write it a little bit better from this angle? And then, you know, that kind of thing. But I will say that like, then his follow, his follow-up in that conversation was, you still have to edit. You still have to, like, you still have to make it your own. You can't just like chat GPT these prayers and like, (laughs) like not, but but it but it gives you a base right it gives you a place to start from because uh i also don't want to be like i also don't want to like get Derek in trouble and say like he's just like using chat gpt all over the place because <laughs> i so like <laughs> let's just let's use it from my perspective since since then you know i i i said recently I mean, we're doing a sermon series in, here in the fall and i said i was having a hard time coming up with Scripture, like specific scripture, and from the books that I wanted with the themes that I wanted, or in it with an overall theme. So I typed in, I'm working on a sermon series and I need scripture lesson ideas from the book of Acts. I need three scripture passages in these categories encountering each other, encountering God, and watching for God's activity in the world. I want all these to be under a general theme of waiting. And so then I hit enter and I got. I mean I can't share my screen with this podcast but I got an outlined bulleted plan for those 3 weeks and with scripture lessons and why they applied to my theme and I'm going to use some of them.
2: Are they good? Oh my god.
1: Yeah, I'm going to use a couple of them. They're not perfect. So then what I what what they gave me was what AI came up with and I said, "Could you give me two more passages from Acts for encountering each other and encountering God that happened after act nine, because I wanted it to kind of come after these particular parts of the, the timeline and the story. And so then it regenerated the, those pieces and gave me two different scripture passages that I, that I might use. So I'm not, I didn't ask for the whole thing. I came up with most of the sermon series, um, but I needed some help finding things in acts that I maybe wouldn't have found on my own by just like, reading every single page and every single word of Acts over the last uh, you know, few weeks, it gave me a place to start. And I thought, I think that's really useful. So is our sermon series chat GPT generated? No. Is it assisted by it? Absolutely. And in a really kind of fun way that makes my job a little bit easier and isn't, I don't think being unfaithful to the process of putting together
2: Right, so you're not like, asking it to write your sermon.
1: No, but I could, and I yeah, have. You could. I've I've asked it to write a a Christmas Eve sermon with specific texts and with specific themes, and it and it writes them. The problem is, is it writes them with the traditional sermon structure, which is here's an intro, here's three points, here's a conclusion, and then it does it. But it, I mean, it wrote a, a decent sermon. I would never do it because I I think that is problematic like really yeah let's go uh,
2: let's go down that because to me that like makes my stomach turn like yeah well i do not want to hear from a computer i am hopeful that there's an like a like (laughs) that there's a theological process and a spirit-led informing of what comes out of my pastor's mouth yeah and i don't i don't know i mean what part of it is like is there a plagiarism thing here like Mm. you can't where where does it get this information yeah does god work through ai i don't (laughs) know Like, well yeah and
0: another like piece of that is uh, my first um, encounter i guess you would say with chat gpt was on a confirmation night one of our small groups was talking about chat gpt and using it to write their faith portfolios which is part of what we um what our ninth graders and tenth graders do as they get ready for affirmation of baptism i was like what no like you can't do that and then one of the kids in this group um like put into chat gpt you know write me a summary on why or how i can use these spiritual gifts blah 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 and put in their spiritual gifts and it like came up with this beautiful summary of The gifts and how this person might use them and i was like uh uh, well you can't use that (laughs) but you know like but that adds a whole nother layer of i mean never mind the teachers in school but like how do you how do you work with that then you know like it's a it's a brilliant tool but
1: yeah i mean there's you can kind of tell if something's been generated by ai not always but you can kind of you can kind of tell So there's, there's that a little bit, but yeah, I mean, if there's some serious issues right around plagiarism and your own thoughts and your own ideas, I would say that like, it depends on how you use it, right? If I wanted to use it in a way that like eliminated all the work for me to, uh, come up with a sermon, um, so that it just like writes a sermon and I edit it a a little bit and then, and then present it as my own, I think that's, that's, there's some huge ethical, problems there. But if I utilize it, maybe say in this way, where I'm asking about this sermon series stuff, or I I want to know something about a particular topic. I mean, I don't think that it's much different than me going to my bookshelf full of commentaries and reading about those things and being inspired by an idea there um yeah and so it just really depends on how you use it if you're using it to like just simply create something for you out of Mm -hmm. um so that you don't have to do the work there's some there can be some issues there uh but when it comes to sermons like i think you have to make a choice as a leader so like for for a pastor as a a leader for like someone who creates who writes sermons you have to make a choice that like I'm going to create my own sermons because that's the most faithful thing to do rather than steal someone else's work. Because I could have done that before AI became a thing. I mean, I could go on the internet and type in a scripture verse and like find someone else's sermon and preach it as if it's my own. And like, that's the same thing. And equally, uh, I actually think that's worse, but like that's equally problematic and equally an ethical issue as to saying like, write me a sermon for this text and then taking it verbatim off of chat GBT and, yeah. uh, and, and presenting it as my own. And so you have to make a choice, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that there's, there's, there's still like human decision-making here of like, what's, what are we going to still take into our own hands mm-hmm. and not give over to, to AI, but there are, certainly helpful uses for it that maybe get you off the ground when it comes to you know prayers or or sermon series or how to i asked it how to fundraise for a church building just to see what it would do there right and it gave yeah, me a, well, gave me a five thing list of how to fundraise for a church building and uh i mean it's good? just it's I mean, no, it's like basic stuff, it's like hold fundraising <laughs> events, reach Ooh, out duh. to local businesses, Ooh. appeal to members. You know, like so I would, but I wasn't specific. I wasn't very specific, right? I just said, "How do I fundraise for a church church building?" And it told me things that I already know. But like, I mean, maybe if I took that a few mm. steps further, it would give me some insights. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it
0: can, it's definitely a step up from trying to craft the perfect words to type into a Google search box, you know, which I pride myself You're on really being very good, good at, at, very good at that to like find the exact results that I'm looking for. But it seems like it's kind of the easy button of Google searching in some ways. And I was excited about I mean, I don't know how this works. Obviously, I already said I like, haven't used it yet. But the possibility of it creating Images or even videos, I don't know what that exactly means, but to say, I want an image that of this and that maybe has a transparent background or whatever, like when I'm creating things. Want a like that of Jesus is, that
2: isn't white with blonde hair yeah, and blue eyes.
0: Super exciting to think about. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but I can see that being super helpful because I can't tell you how long I spend searching sometimes when I'm like, I need an image of this. And then mm-hmm. I search and search and search until I find the right thing. That's kind of cool
1: yeah but it even can like help you like be a conversation starter, right like you're you you know you're gonna you're anticipating a conversation with a young person about a specifically or like a particularly difficult topic and it might be the kind of thing that like how do you how do how do I have this conversation in the most respectful and compassionate way? and mm-hmm. amazingly enough, because it's pulling from enough sources and pulling from enough places uh, and learning as people ask these questions, I mean, it, it it's like surprisingly good at helping you open that door in the way that you would want to do it and the things that you need to be mindful of. I've been really surprised at how good it is at that, that kind of uh, like emotional piece that you think like, I don't know, it's a robot, right? But
2: hmm.
1: it can kind of do it.
0: I think we should test it out. Do you have it up? I think we should ask it a question and then see what it what it does or ask
2: it to do something for us.
1: What do you want to ask, we it? ask
2: Yeah. How about a confirmation lesson for seventh graders about decision making from the perspective of Solomon? Well, you probably have to All say right. ELCA because that matters to us. Yep.
1: All right. So okay. here, here's what we got. The title for the lesson is Seeking Wisdom, Decision-Making from Solomon's Perspective. Objective. By the end of this lesson, seventh graders will understand the importance of seeking wisdom and decision-making as demonstrated in the book of Solomon in the Bible. You're going to need Bibles or Bible apps, whiteboard and markers, printed handouts with key verses and questions, a small crown or a picture of a crown is optional.
2: Oh my gosh. Because
1: it's got an introduction. It's got Bible readings from 1 Kings. It's got discussion. What did Solomon ask God for in this passage? Why do you think he chose wisdom? Uh, Activity. There's a decision-making scenario. Um, There's a group discussion. What's it?
0: I want to know the scenario. Uh,
1: Present a hypothetical decision-making scenario relevant to seventh graders. It could be related to friendship, school, family, or faith divide the students okay. into small groups and give each group a decision making scenario have them discuss and decide how Solomon's approach to seeking wisdom might apply to their scenario so again see how it's like really it's like yeah, it's there, good but it's also like very there's definitely work generic, to do yes right it's still very generic that's um, still an
0: idea that's a solid but, idea
1: yeah The optional activity, the crown activity, the crown craft. If you have a small crown or a picture of a crown, you can use it as a visual aid to symbolize the wisdom of Solomon. Encourage students to reflect on how seeking wisdom can be like wearing a crown of understanding and knowledge. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now it says at the end, make sure to adapt the lesson to fit the specific needs and preferences of your ELCA congregation to your students in your class, right? So like this is not perfect, but it's a starting place.
0: Yeah, but that's a great starting place. I can even see, like, for VBS or whatever, give me some ideas for crafts that around this theme or whatever. Because that's a hard thing. I and mean, who cares about that? I put it in.
2: Put it in. See what it says.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Give me some ideas for crafts around the theme of... Shining what? Jesus Light. There you go. Shining Jesus
2: Light. For second graders.
1: All right. It's in. Certainly, it says it can do that. Teaching second graders about shining Jesus's light through some crafts is a wonderful way to engage them in learning about faith and values. Here are some craft ideas related to that theme. Glowing lanterns, shining sun catchers, paper plate sun, Bible verse art, footprint lighthouses, stained glass crosses, uh, storybook light, shining stars, bracelet of blessings, lighthouse puppets, and they all have like descriptions of them. Any particular one that stood out that you'd like to hear from? Oh, Fo- how, about footprint? how about footprint lakes? lighthouses? Because I have no yeah, idea what yeah. those are. Yeah. Make lighthouse crafts using the children's footprints as the base. After painting their footprints, add a lighthouse tower on top. Discuss how lighthouses guide ships safely, just like Jesus guides us.
2: Okay. I might be convinced. I might not be <laughs> afraid of this anymore. What I want to say, I'm still sticking... <laughs> Sticking to the premise that like, it is a little bit freaky. Well, sure it is. Is a slippery slope. Like there could be some, but I'm thinking specifically to the listeners who are solo pastors or like the only CYF person on their staff that like this can narrow or like laser in on something so quickly that then you just go to the next step rather than like the fifty minutes you might spend brainstorming a craft mm-hmm. yeah. or searching Pinterest or, just, or, or Pinteresting, yeah, yes, like that, and and I love the way that you talked about it as helping to frame a theological idea you already have, you already had a framework, yep, and it was just helping to hone the like. Filling it out, I mean, honing in by broadening it out, if, if that makes sense. That like, that's a brilliant way to open up scripture, to open up ideas that we may not have thought about, or like, yeah. to have access to things that have been written that we've not read. I really I like that, but not as a, an end point. Yeah. Well, as a starting point.
1: I often talk about the process of my, like my own process of writing a sermon that the most difficult piece for me is always finding my way in. Mm -hmm. Like once I get in, I don't really have a hard time, like putting the rest of it together. It kind of comes naturally after that point, like connecting with scripture and like making the points I need to make. Right. Cause it's been, it's been in my brain all week long. Right. Mm -hmm. So like once I get in all that stuff spills out, but the hardest part for me is getting in, it's finding a story, it's finding a connection point. It's finding the way that I want to illustrate the things that I'm going to, that I want to unfold within this, you know, 10 or 12 minutes. So, and I don't know that I want to ask AI to like, give me a sermon illustration for that. I mean, maybe, maybe, but I don't know if I like that as much, but I, but as you're saying what you're saying, Danica, it made me think of that, that like, this is, this could maybe help people get up over the hump and find their way in to, mm-hmm. uh, a confirmation lesson, a Sunday school craft, um, uh, you know, a, a difficult conversation, uh, you know, it, it, it maybe takes away the barrier of mm-hmm. always having to come up with on your own, the way into something that then you can use your expertise, your, your, um, your experience, your training to then get to the place that you want to be, but finding your way in Mm -hmm. may be assisted by this in a, in a, in a way that might be pretty beneficial. I don't know.
2: Well, even in like, I'm thinking about neurodivergent folks, like as a way to cut through the noise of all the things that are like, could be this, but it could be this. And it could, what if it's not this and you know, this isn't maybe perfect. like. To have a starting place to then build off of rather than having too many ideas and trying to hone it in. This, I don't know. I, I don't, I think this could be uh, a helpful tool in the toolbox. Like I said, not the be all end all and not the ending point, but like how as a supporting role or a supporting piece of how we already gather information and come up with i don't know yeah. uh, this is an inter- uh, this is an interesting conversation and truthfully like not at all where i thought we'd go <laughs> mostly because i was like i'm too afraid i don't want to talk
0: about it <laughs> i think we yeah. we've got to believe we're going on over there i do think too that you know as far as having human generated content um goes that obviously is important. And as you mentioned, being spirit led and all of that, that obviously is what is needed, what we need to focus on. And um, being human, we have a lot of lenses and things and emotions and stuff that makes us a little messy. And we can get in our own way sometimes when we're trying to think through something or figure out how to approach something. And so having an intelligent way to like search for different approaches or perspectives or ideas for something can just kind of help us to get out of our own way sometimes too when we can get a little stuck in our own stuff yeah which i think is i think not a bad thing at all
1: yeah and i think it's important danica to not abandon your fear of it or your skepticism or the uh yeah i don't know that it's like scariness of it but like also just yeah it's it it's important that we don't eliminate the human piece of this right that like exactly. we, we can't use ai to eliminate what it feels like to have a, a genuine authentic conversation or experience with our, other humans mm-hmm. right that part can't be eliminated right in in an article about ai with congregations i mean they mentioned like this story about vanderbilt university sending out a letter to their community about school shootings that was ge- they've, and they forgot to take away the generated by chat GPT thing. Like, oh. so, so here's the deal. You could probably be assisted by chat GPT with some language to help you craft a good letter or good publication, mm-hmm. but you can't eliminate the human aspect. And probably as this article said, probably not good to eliminate the pastoral element of and human element of the work you're doing right so like you you shouldn't lose that fear danica you like we shouldn't get to a place where we're just like i don't know can this
2: actually do it better than me
1: yeah and maybe (laughs) maybe it can.
2: that's not the point right that's not the point
1: so i i think that's the that's the balance is like embracing it knowing that you can't avoid it and actually seeing it maybe as a useful tool but not as a be all end all of the work you're doing with I mean, other human beings.
2: I don't want to be cured or seen by some, but some doctor who got their way through medical school using AI. Hell no. I, right. So like, I do think, and this is, this could be a whole nother conversation. We're not going to go there, but like, mm-hmm. I do wonder about the ethics of it and for like what is the fu- what does it mean for the future of like our young people who are in school and not actually using the brain god gave them to learn and know and to become yeah there's experts some huge, in something i don't know huge I, 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 there's there. yeah but this that's maybe a great conversation for congregations to have like i bet there's lots of people in our congregations who have opinions about this and what um lively discussion it might generate. Um, yeah. And you could ask
1: chat you could ask <laughs> chat GPT to come up with how to teach that in a congregation. Ask AI well, to talk about AI.
0: <laughs> and in the end, this is in the hands of all of the young people that we work with right now. And so mm-hmm. as people who work in children, youth and family ministry, like at the very least, it is part of our work to be aware anyway. Mm-hmm. And to understand. I mean, I don't I don't really use Snapchat but all of the kids do and ChatGPT is right there. So mm-hmm. that's how I first I I first learned about it through a student. So that's just something for us all to be aware of.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Good conversation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, yeah, and probably just only scratching the totally surface. Totally just scratching the surface. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We'll revisit it in like a year or two, maybe, and yeah, be like, oh, right? look at oh, look at us.
1: <laughs> by by then, maybe we actually will be able to tell ChatGPT to have a conversation between the three of us without us. Right.
2: With our voices. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Um, before we go, a few quick reminders and announcements written by our very own chat GPT, Todd Bugler. <laughs> Extravaganza 2024 registration is open. It opened July 1st, and we will be gathering in New Orleans, Louisiana, January 18th to the 21st. The theme is Dream, and it's going to be a great event. Learn more at ext24.org. Pay special attention to this year's intensive care courses. There's going to be really good and really helpful offerings. One focuses on doing ministry with young people who are LBGTQIA+. Another is on leading strategically during unpredictable times. And the third offering is how to have a great youth gathering. They're all great and and fantastic opportunity to dive deep into important subjects. Register when you sign up for the E. Thanks to all of you who are members of the network. Your membership makes things like Third Tuesday Conversation, our mobile app, Connect Journal, Discipling Cohorts, Extravaganza, and so much more possible. If you're not a member of the network, we encourage you to join. Thanks so much for listening. New podcast will be released on the third Tuesday of every month. So please be sure to subscribe so you receive them as they come out and share it with your friends. Finally, thanks to Paul Amlin, the 3TC producer for his work. Have a great week. Bye. Bye! Bye!